Hello. Welcome back to the Flawless Takes podcast, the podcast where we talk about the undefeated New York football giants. I'm your host, Christian Miola. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Chris Landera. Chris, how are you doing today? Well, last week we met, we were 1-0, and now we're 2-0, and so I guess I'm twice as good as last week. Giants stacking wins, we're stock- stacking podcasts to bring you the- that good info, and uh, yeah, excited to get going. Yeah, I mean, another another week, another win. That's just how the Dable uh, regime operates. You know, it, it, last week it was uh, away at Tennessee, a lot of Saquon. This week, home against Carolina, more defense focused. You know, for years it's been, uh, you know, each week the Giants seem to find a new way to lose. Maybe we're we're moving into a new era where we're finding different ways to win. So, uh, very exciting. Uh, it's just nice to see the team winning, and, and you know. My expectations remain in check. I'm not getting out of control here. I know what we are. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think there's just good energy around this team, good vibes. And we're a good vibe podcast. So uh, oh, Yeah, and you definitely heard those good vibes at the stadium because that was as loud as it's been in a long time. And, and a lot of the, of the Giants beat writers noted that. Yes, yeah. The and crowd was into it. Yep, and the – um players made comments it was like dable made comments in his presser like it was um notable and uh that's good they've got uh, a monday night primetime game coming up next week against dallas they're calling for a whiteout i'm expecting more of the same um so that's fun that's like what you're supposed to have it, yep. it's not supposed to feel like a funeral ever you know in the middle of the second quarter you know <laughs> yeah. out of your home opener which yeah. is what it's been like recently yeah, we've had so, a lot of those yeah too exactly. many funerals yeah, but before we, we go too far ahead, let's just talk about this game a little bit. So, um, like I referenced, uh, beat the Panthers nineteen sixteen. I thought, you know, like you said last week wisely, you know, we're not going to blow the doors off anybody, and we certainly did not. Um, but we got to see, you know, the defense really shine, um, and we got to see, you know, really a what some are calling a master class from uh, Wink Martindale in terms of a defensive scheme. Um, I, I thought that, you know – Defense played great. They came up with big plays. They disguised their pressures. Um, you know, Odori Jackson in particular has been a stud this year. He's, I think he led up. He was only targeted four times. Like we, like we suspected, he wouldn't see a lot of action just because of the disparity of talent on the other side of the field. But, um, you know, he's turning into sort of a shutdown guy on his side. Um, you know, I'm just calling out some guys I thought Flash, Dexter Lawrence, um, you know, he was running all over the field, made a big uh, tackle on a, a third down, forcing a punt, sort of chasing Baker Mayfield, you know, sideline to sideline. So, you know, contributions from guys who you need to contribute uh, still with they were still without Ojolari and Thibodeau. So they're still sort of makeshift on the edge, but it didn't matter. Um, they found pressure through, you know, variety of stunts and blitzes and. Uh, you know, disguised coverages and so forth. So um, really kudos to the defense and Wink Martindale this week. Um, what do you see when you're watching the game? Um, well, first of all, we make um, – we've made a couple jokes about old old Wink, old Wink Martindale um, on, on this podcast. And I got to say, I have to give him – two games in, we have to give him a little credit because the defense has been the unit that's won us – uh, these two games and he did something against Carolina that I thought was very interesting. 
Um, as most Giants fans know, we do not have the strongest linebacking core in the uh, in the league. Hmm. We don't really value – we haven't really valued that position for the last 10 years. We don't spend high draft picks on it. We don't um, spend in free agency on it. So we've kind of been left with um, seventh-round picks playing like Tay Crowder, guys walking in off the street from, from other teams. Um, so what Wink Martindale decided to do in this game is he went to – for a lot of plays, he played three safeties. He brought Tony Jefferson into the game to play alongside Julian Love and Xavier McKinney and go small. And to his credit, it worked. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's an inventive way to play. He's th- That's kind of like the coaching that we're looking for where we want, you know, bend to the players that you have. Shape your game plan like that to, to your personnel. That's what Joe Judge was certainly not able to do. That was probably one of the biggest knocks against him. Um, so I thought that was exciting in the in – the, uh, coaching aspect player wise. I thought we talked about Jihad Ward last week. Um, one of the guys filling in for Thibodeau and, uh, and Ojolari on the end, having a good game this week. It was O'Shane Zimenez. I, I thought a player who we've had for a couple of years, he was like a middle round draft pick, went to a small school, old dominion. He's hung around on the Giants a few years. A lot of Giants fans were kind of questioning whether he should even make the team this year. Yep. But he's filling in because our two ends are out. And he played a great game. He had two tackles, a quarterback hit, a pass defended, a sack, and a tackle for a loss. So I think from a from a backup player, that is a monster game. So I think definitely one bright spot to take out of that game on the defense is that maybe we're a little deeper at the defensive end position than, than we thought we were. And, um, you know, that's just more strength to what probably is the best unit on the team, the defensive line. So I thought, I thought that was an exciting um, development on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, when we did our um, award-winning expose on Dave Gettleman, uh, the Z- Zimenez pick <laughs> was in the, like the bus column for sure. Right. Like yes, we talked definitely. about it specifically as like just another miss. Uh, had never shown anything, could barely get on the field. And it goes to show you, you know, how, you know, picking the guys is one thing, but you got to coach them up. Coach right? them up. And, yep. and you have to have a plan and, you know, deploy them in a way that, um, you know, plays to their strengths. So if we can start getting contributions from guys who we've thought of as kind of afterthoughts, you know, maybe we should have kept Evan Ingram. Maybe we, he could have, uh, you know, turned into a star <laughs> under this, this coaching uh, uh, regime. But, uh, you know, I, I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, to your, your original point, we do have to give Wink some kudos. I, yep. you know, before the season had my reservations and, you know, he's impressed me in that he hasn't been like full throttle, just cover zero, sending the house every, um, you know, every play, which is kind of how he was sort of marketed to us to a certain degree. So it seems like he has a little bit of nuance into the games he can right. call. Yeah. He's not just like, you know, pressure, 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 pressure all the time. Maniac. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he's definitely a maniac, but, you know, <laughs> at least there, there might be a little bit of restraint under there um, as well. So, uh, yeah, all good stuff. Um, and, you know, hopefully – we can sort of ride the D, ride Graham Gano's golden leg, and you know, get some 
uh, you know, traction on the offense, you know, whether it's, you know, the offensive line or, uh, you know, some more explosive plays out of the offense with the weapons and stuff. Uh, they did struggle this week, the offense. Um, it, it seemed to me that the, the game plan from the Panthers' perspective was don't let Saquon go off, which is probably a defensive uh, game plan we're going to see a lot of this year um, until – other players and Daniel Jones can threaten in other ways. Uh, that seems to be the case. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was, it was a rough go, but let's not dwell too much there. Um, you know, I did want to talk about the wide receiver position in particular, because that seemed to be um, somewhat noisy uh, coming out of the game. I mean, immediately after the game, there was this buzz that, Kenny Galladay had who barely played, right? He had, I think, less than 10 snaps on the field. Um, and there was, you know, some buzz from, you know, Twitter and beat reporters saying, you know, he left early or whatever. Um, that kind of got debunked. Julian Love said, well, a lot of guys left early. It wasn't just Kenny Galladay, you know, yes. you know, my locker was empty too when by the time the media got there. So don't read too much into that. But there was also a report um I think it was earlier this week, it must have been, uh, that Brian Dable was, you know, FaceTiming with free agent wide receivers, um, including one former giant, um, Odell Beckham Jr., potentially. So oh boy. I, I wanted to get your, your sense on that, um, not, to, not Odell in particular, but just on the wide receiver position where we are after two weeks. And do you think it would be, you know, prudent to add some – a different uh, a different player there, potentially. I mean, I think the timing of this um, story coming out of Brian Dayball FaceTiming with, you know, I think it was Odell Beckham, uh, T.Y. Hilton, and two other guys. Will Fuller, maybe yeah, Antonio Yeah, kind Brown. of like older yeah. cast-off guys. Kind yes. Of. Um, yeah. I think the timing is interesting because you're, you, you know this is a rebuilding year, but you start 2-0. and Yeah. And then maybe you're like looking ahead at the schedule. You know, you're not going to blow anyone out. Like, you know what your personnel is. Yeah. But you see a lot of games where you're going to be in the game and one play can break it and win that game. Mm -hmm. Then it gets a little tempting. Like, okay, there's a few guys out there that make that game breaking play. And, And I mean, Odell is clearly like when on the list of those guys, that's the one that jumps out to you. And I think it's kind of like a fascinating debate um would you want odell back or not like i think there's a valid argument on both sides you know for bringing him in against it i would say you know this is you have to remember this is a rebuilding year he's he's mm-hmm. gonna demand like a good amount of money another thing is i mean he is like a flashpoint point. you add odell and it's and he is like you know, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like a bolt of lightning to your team. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a total different feel in the locker room. Yeah. He's also coming off a torn ACL. So, yeah. we, so his health is also a question, but on yeah. the other side of it, man, would it feel good to bring him back and just to stick it to Gettleman? I right. Mean, yeah. I, I, I have no problem bringing him back, but maybe not now. Like if, yeah. if I would not want to be the guy, because we've seen this, we saw with Saquon last year, that ACL, like you can come back and be on the field, but you might not be really truly ready till the next year. And yeah. it just seems premature, honestly, overall. I, I'm okay with adding something. Um, 
I don't want to add anything that takes away from the overall strategy of, you know, looking ahead, right? Like right. this, yeah. don't, don't adding any of these guys, even Odell, um, keep the rebuild as a central yeah, focus. Yeah. It's not going to make us yeah. a Super Bowl contender. Right. Like we yeah. are not there. The roster is not there. So, um, don't get sort of, you know, tempted by the early success into doing something dumb, but you know, if there's a guy that can add a new dimension to the offense at a cheap price, you know, as sort of a rental for the, right. the season, you know, I have no problem with that. Um, I think that's fine. I just wouldn't want to do anything long term, anything that impacts, you know, our flexibility to, you know, yeah. you know, build the roster, uh, you know, as we move right. forward. You know? But that um that the the receiver situation, uh, um, the snap count totals is very fluid it seems at the moment like it you right now i mean last week it was i think sterling shepherd mm-hmm. uh david sills yep. and um richie james were basically the the three that they played the most and tony got some more snaps tony could definitely got tony got more. more and galladay got less i believe yeah kind of shows you that those guys aren't playing for different reasons. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, so maybe there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel for, for Kadarius, Tony, let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, he, again, he had a great play that got called back on a, I think it was an offensive pass interference, not on him, but for offensive hold, something like a weird away from the play penalty took back like a 35 yard, big chunk play that, you know, he had unfortunately, but um, yeah, I mean, like we said before, still as far as our receiver position, the most dynamic option over over there. Um, yeah, we're we're just we just don't have the the juice, uh, you know, at the receiver. Uh, yeah, we, we just Robinson's don't have the horses out. at that position. Let's yeah, be <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's it's not pretty right now. So yeah. I understand Dable wanting to FaceTime or uh, you know some guys and see if they could bring anybody in I'd be real wary about T.Y. Hilton who's yeah if if uh, you've watched it like I know he's a name but you know his all his skill was like being the burner that got behind the defense and like you know once you lose that there's not much else to do <laughs> yeah. you know it's like he's not okay. winning any jump balls T.Y. Hilton yeah he's, yeah, he's exactly. a small guy and yeah. you're right he, he's a burner and he's probably the oldest guy on that list Mm-hmm. He's, he's been around for a little while so yeah uh, yep absolutely um all right so any other giants thoughts as we head into monday night football um a primetime game i'm not dreading imagine that so it's uh <laughs> cowboys it's at metlife um should be fun yeah it should be should be good um the last time uh, do you know the last time the giants won a primetime game was I'm going to say 2019. Close. Okay. It was, it was 2018. They beat the two and seven San Francisco 49ers. Oh, that was the, that name. who was the quarterback? Mullen. They that? started. Yeah. It was like a weird backup guy. Yeah. It was not a real team. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. So Four years ago. Yeah. Here we go. Trying to break another stigma. We're due. Yeah. We're due. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll be fun. We'll talk about that more next week. Um, let's switch gears for a second here, uh, to our other team that we talk about on this, this podcast. We haven't done much cause it's been all giants as the season starts, but, uh, us men's national team. We are, uh, heading towards the world cup here. A couple things going on with them. Um, 
first, they do have some games coming up for those of you that are interested. They have a friendly on Friday, September 23rd against Japan. Weird time, 8.25 a.m. So, you know, get your coffee ready and maybe set your DVR if you're a, a working man or woman out there. Um, but uh, 8.25 start. And then they play against Saudi Arabia on the 27th. So, um, you know, both games will be good to see. These are the final uh, friendlies before the World Cup. This is the final time they're going to play, which is crazy. Yes. The way yeah. this schedule lines up, um, that you basically have two months uh, between your last friendly and the World Cup. Um, but that's just how it is in uh, when you sell your event to a, a desert oligarchy. Um, but, yeah, so that, that should be good to know. The other thing that happened last week was uh, they released their their kits. And, uh, you yes. know, for those of you who don't know, that's their uniforms, their jerseys. So you can look them up if you're following along at home. I'll, I'll throw a link into the show notes uh, with some images. But, uh, yeah, so they, they're going with the, the standard whites as, I think, the primary, um, you know, with some little you know, blue, red, white, and blue uh, trim and things like that. And then uh, the the blue sort of, I guess, your aways or your alternatives um, are sort of like a, a type of blue camo. I don't know. It gave me a very Jean-Claude Van Damme Street Fighter vibe. But, uh, <laughs> you know, a little bit controversial, these kits. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fashion guy, but, um, you know, the soccer heads on Twitter – you know, we're just complaining that they're super boring and not that original. Um, what did you think about these uh, these kits? Yeah, so the kits are, I think there's some of them are done by Nike and some of them are done by Puma. Mm. The, the U.S.'s are are Nike kits. Um, I so my thought is the the white, which I guess is the that's the road jersey. Mm-hmm. Um is is decent is is okay there, there's a little like red thing around the collar that's kind of weird like a, it's, yeah. it's shooting out a little i don't know yes a bit strange looks like bullhorns or something yeah exactly yeah. but it's overall it's, it's 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 a it's pretty plain so there's not much you can really get into it however that blue camo one i i just i've seen kit renderings that people have made on their computers that are a million times better than that and the U.S. one happens to be blue, but there's other teams wearing um, Nike kits that are just basically a different shade of that camo. And I don't know. It, it just it looks like it looks like a, almost like a keeper or a keeper's kit or like a training kit. It doesn't look like something you would wear in a, in a huge match to me. I don't know. I just yeah. overall overall, I thought Puma and Nike did not do a, a great job with these, um, mm-hmm. even like. Like Nigeria's kit is usually one that people love and yes. rave over, yeah. and 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 Nike just made it. It's it's just blah, you know. It's 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 one of the worst ones they've ever had. I think if you look over like the the past twenty years of their kits, I, I just I don't know. It just seemed like a lack of effort. It's like weird considering how large those companies are, and this is a World Cup. It's the biggest event in soccer, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Of any I, of them. I'm with you, like the the away I, I don't know what we're called the blue and I, I don't even know if it's a camo it's almost like a tie-dye it, it's, it's it's like a, a swirl it's a swirl a right? swirl yeah. yeah um i didn't realize it i i haven't looked at it too much i didn't realize that 
they had basically just copy and pasted this to other nations and just changed the color scheme, which is yeah. ridiculous. Um, now I feel like even worse about it. It's yeah. just like, that's pretty shitty. I have to say, if that's the case. Um, and yeah, I mean, usually you love to see what these nations have cooking. And if Nike's just, you know, control V things, then I, I just, I just can't stand for it, you know? Yeah, and, it's... and I got to pay a hundred dollars for this thing. I don't know. I might just go for a T-shirt for this World Cup. Oh, yeah. It looks yeah. like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm T-shirt all the way. I'm not paying for that. I, if I'm paying hundred dollars, the jersey's going to be nice. You know, that's yeah. That's not living up to my expectations. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I we, we'll have more to say as the season or, or as the World Cup gets closer. I'm starting to feel like less good about this team. I don't know. It just seems like the form plus the injuries is a little worrying. So I don't want to go too deep, but. Uh, stay tuned. We'll we'll get more into them as we, uh, you know, as we move forward into the fall here. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll wrap up with uh, another of our famous serial reviews. All right, so stay tuned. We'll be back with you in a moment. All right, and we are back. It's time for a little bit of fun. The Flawless Takes Serial Review. Um, so this week we we picked a serial that's um, been around for a while. It's not some weird, you know, Instagram influencer serial. It's not a bizarre, uh, you know, semi-religious fiber-based cereal. <laughs> fiber <based> cereal. <laughs> um, it is Honeycomb, made by Post, a very you know, standard breakfast cereal that's been around for a while. Um, so I have, I don't think I've ever had honeycomb in my memory before this. I, I just picked it because it's one of those cereals that's around, but you know, for me, I don't have a lot of experience with it. So I thought it was kind of a classic. It's been around for since 1965. So not new. Um, and I have to say, I thought it was good. I thought it was not too sweet. You know me with these sweet cereals. I don't like anything too sweet. Um, held up pretty well in the milk. Um, not too big. Not too hard or crunchy. I thought it was just like a solid implementation of cereal. Um, I would have again. So I, I felt good giving it to my kids this week without, you know, either, you know, over-sugaring them or making them eat like, like a fiber bomb. So... Yeah, I felt pretty solid about this. How about yourself? What was your uh, your honeycomb experience? Yeah, so so first off, buying it three dollars ninety nine cents, and you get a it comes in a large box. It, oh, it's, it's a, a value. Good, yeah, yes. it's 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 a value cereal, which I liked after spending six ninety nine on that horrendous Ezekiel four nineteen cereal, mm. which I took about a spoonful of. Um, it, I. Like you have never had this cereal before, and you're right; it ha- it's been around forever. And, I, and so I was like thinking that it was strange that I'd never had had it before. My thinking was, this is a great rotational cereal. Like if you're if you're like a big cereal family and you have mm-hmm. four or five in your cabinet of all all the times, and you've got like Rice Krispies and Honey Nut Cheerios and Frosted Flakes, this this will go right in with there as a nice change of pace. Um, what I liked about it the most is it stands up great to milk. It's it, yeah. you can even let it chill in there for five minutes, and it's 
it's it's very it's a strong hearty cereal yeah i think um, the surface area there helps right yeah like it's lar- just, it's it's kind of big yeah. each each yeah. honeycomb is a decent size probably almost i don't know maybe an inch mm-hmm. um what i noticed about it is it it has a distinct it, it, on the front of the box it says sweetened corn and oat cereal i noticed the corn yeah oh, like uh, the corn flavor is is bigger in this than other cereals um and you kind of get the corn first with like a little honey finish, but and it, it's nice. It's yeah. it's uh, like you said, a little sweet, but not not gonna like knock you over out of your chair. And uh, yeah, overall, very solid. I see why it's been around for fifty years. Yeah, six sixty years. Very corn forward. If you're putting your tasting notes together on this mm-hmm. honeycomb, I, I do want to comment on for those of you who like a good uh, marketing story. Um, go to your Wikipedia and, and look up your honeycomb cereal. Apparently there, I can't even, this might, I might need to fact check this, but I got to read this to you. Cause I, when I, I always read the Wikipedia articles around these, these sort of big commercial cereals cause they're interesting. Um, and in 2010, they had a, uh, a, a, uh, ad campaign called Bernard the bee boy. And I'm going to just read this little paragraph here. Tell me if this makes any sense. Wait, is this him on the back of the box? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not, I don't have the box in front of you. But this uh, is a commercial from around 2010. And it's, yeah, I'll read this. A more recent commercial introduces Bernard, a boy raised by bees. <laughs> he is found and attempted to be socialized by humans. Although he had clearly been a feral child, he apparently cannot argue the fact that he is a bee and not a boy, and he enjoys honeycomb. In a later commercial, a man gives a safari-like tour for the bee boy, luring him with honeycomb. In a commercial oh. released in 2010, going? A, a second bee boy was introduced, played by the Canadian actor Joel Cox. It was just such a weird... The, the, the statement, although he had clearly been a feral child, he apparently cannot argue the fact that he is a bee and not a boy. So I don't I, I have to. So they basically this. copied the story of like a child being raised by wolves. Like a just, Tarzan. Yeah. 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 But with a bee. So, so I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was just looking at the box and on the back of the box, there is a picture of a guy mm-hmm. with a little ant. He's wearing a little antennas like you would with like a Halloween costume, a yellow and black striped wife beater with a gold chain on and on the chain is it is a giant uh honeycomb mm. so like he's basically i i guess that's but it doesn't say who he is or anything about him but i guess that's bernard the b-boy yeah well if you google bernard the b-boy the imaging it's like an encino man thing like he's very much like yeah it, it's there's something going on. He's got <laughs> the wild hair. He's dirty. His clothes are tattered. Oh, okay. This is they took it a different way then. I guess they they yeah. modernized it a little. This this guy almost looks like like he has like a gold, big gold chain, like he's a rapper, like like a b boy, you know, like a oh, one of those like okay. break like a break dancer. I okay. think that that's I guess that's how they modernized it. Yeah, the story. Well, that must be yeah. a recent implementation, yeah. like. Um, going back even either further, there's something called Crazy Craving, which is a very 90s based. Um, I don't know why they just don't go with a B. I guess Honey Nut Cheerios has locked down the B. I remember Crazy Craving. He's kind of like almost like a Tasmanian devil type figure 
who uh, like I know who you're talking about. I, I never knew that was his name though. Yeah, well, if you see him, yeah, you'll you'll um you'll recognize him if you're of our generation. But yeah. uh, they moved away away from him. So anyway, uh, every serial's got his story. Every serial does have yeah. a story, and Honeycomb has a good one. So I enjoyed it. Um, I do have a an announcement on next week. So unless you object, I do have a request from uh, you know my loyal listeners or my loyal serial uh, taste testers, my daughters. They have requested specifically the cinnamon toast crunch rolls. So we Whoa. did the standard Whoa. cinnamon toast crunch. This is more of like a, if you look at this up, it's kind of like a cinnamon roll sort of thing. So the shape is is more round and than uh, what you're accustomed to with the cinnamon toast crunch. So I thought we could do that. Um, there's, there's no tie-in with Cinnabon, is there? Like the no, company? there's no. no. Okay. They they probably should investigate that, but they don't yeah. need to, right? Like they're this is we when we talked about cinnamon toast crunch, we said it's like one of the top ones in that category. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you know, um, you're good. You're, they're going to be bouncing off the walls after that, but I guess you're already prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. So it's all right. <laughs> you know, make it like a Saturday thing. It's not going to be something. Right. It's something a Saturday cereal. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. So. Anyway, so we'll look forward to that. Um, any other final thoughts on the honeycomb? Um, not really. I mean, it's just it's just a solid, you know, not going to hurt your cereal. It's, yeah, uh, absolutely. I got to learn to stop asking these follow up questions. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll call it a night. Uh, let's let's hope for the Giants to win, and uh, we'll come back next week. Giants hopefully three and zero. Talk a little cinnamon toast crunch rolls. Talk maybe a little about the uh, U.S. men's national team friendly. Yeah, see what yeah. the results are. Hopefully, they scored a lot of goals and everyone's looking good and no one got hurt. So we'll talk to you next week, folks. Have a great week and uh, see you soon. Bye. <laughs>